Well, good morning, everybody. Hope you've had a good week. I know some of you have got uh, half term starting this week, some next week. Some of you are joining us online this morning because you've got children at home because they've got COVID. But uh, I hope you've had a good week. Um, just to say again, um, Lou and Joe have just held up a, a book. If you're, if you're new here this morning uh, or you're visiting us for the first time online, we are uh, tracking through, uh, reading together Pete Gregg's book, How to Pray. I hope you've got a copy. Uh, it is a really, really good book. I can't uh, encourage you to read it enough. Um, what, I can't remember what his name is. Andrew Murray. He, he reminds us that Jesus didn't teach his disciples to preach or how to be good leaders or anything like that. He taught them how to pray because it's more important that we know how to speak to God than how to speak to man. I love that. It's more important to know how to speak to God than how to speak to man. And this is a great book that uh, is just kind of revisiting a lot of the stuff based on the Lord's Prayer. And uh, we're tracking through it um, alongside it in our, in our Sunday sermon series. I'm not going to reiterate, as Joe said, we're looking at uh, sort of loosely at the subjects of chapters five and six this week, the theme of petition and the, th- the theme of intercession. Uh, I'm not going to be telling you what's in the book because I want you to read it. But just to say, uh, for those of you that are a bit behind. Uh, over the next couple of weeks, we're giving you a chance to catch up. So, you know, if you're not sort of ready to turn to chapter five tomorrow morning, uh, you know, the next couple of weeks, do catch up on, uh, on where we're up to in the book. I can't recommend it highly enough. I don't know about you, for those of you that are reading it, I'm finding it's putting fresh energy into my legs, this marathon of life and praying and relationship with God. Uh, I find it's putting uh, fresh energy into my legs in this marathon, and I can't encourage you to read it highly enough. And please, let's not fall for the lie that we haven't got time to read it. Because we've got time to do Netflix, we've got time to do Facebook, you know, we've got time to do Instagram, we've got time to do the things that we want to do, uh, you know, BBC Sport, whatever. So, you know, make a little bit of time. It's not very long. Yeah, not me. He does BBC Sport. <laughs> anyway, back to today, and we're covering the subject of asking. So petition, those two words. Petition is basically asking for me. And intercession, so chapter 5 is about petition asking for me. Chapter 6 is about intercession, which is basically asking for others. So what we're thinking about this morning is just fits under that umbrella of asking. And I'm aware as we come to the theme of asking, I know we've been talking about and reading about adoration and being still before God, but when we come to the theme of asking God, we can bring all kinds of assumptions with us to that theme of asking. We... uh, Tim and I have had the fortunate uh, privilege of having a few days away in Portugal. Uh, A couple of our kids joined us for some of that time last week. And as we uh, got to the gate uh, last week to board our flight, uh, we were greeted by the sort of various uh, people, the Ryanair stewards in the queue, who who were doing all the extra checking of all the extra literature that you have to produce these days. And they came and they looked at the boarding pass and then she wanted to see my passenger locator form that we dutifully filled out. And then she said, can I see your negative test result? So I got out my phone and showed her my COVID, you know, my NHS COVID pass. I'm double vaccinated. Look, I'm good to go on the plane. She said, no, no, no. Can I see your test result? And I'm like, no, no, no. Here's my COVID. Here's my, you know, here's my, my NHS. Here's my barcode, all you, my QR code. All you need to do is scan it. No, 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 no. Where's your test result? And we stood there and we thought, test result? Didn't know we had to have a test result to go to Europe. And it was like, yes, you need to have a lateral flow test that's that's been verified by some kind of official, and you can't get on a plane without it. So we stood there, boarding. The gate was about to close 10 minutes' time. I was like, what do we do? We said, we've got to rebook another flight, and you've got to go and have a test in the airport. So we missed our flight because we'd assumed 
we didn't need one. We have a saying in our family, assumptions can be dangerous. And I think we can bring all kinds of assumptions to this thing about asking God. We all pray. We've all got testimonies about unanswered prayer. We've got questions, but so often those questions end up turning into assumptions. And we make assumptions about God. We make assumptions about ourselves. We can make assumptions about prayer. And, you know, many of them not backed up by anything that the Bible says. So I just want to encourage you so that we don't miss out on what God says to us, wants to say to us this morning. Can we lay our assumptions about prayer and about asking and about unanswered prayer to one side for now? Actually, there's a brilliant chapter in the book uh, about unanswered prayer, and we're going to come to that later on. But today, can we lay those assumptions aside so that we can hear what God might have to say to us? Okay, back to asking. And uh, these two chapters are based on the lines in the Lord's Prayer where Jesus said, teaches us to pray, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and then give us today our daily bread. And uh, Pete reverses the order and he looks at petition, giving us our daily bread before he looks at your kingdom come and, you know, Jesus, Pete. So we're going with Pete this morning. We're going to look at uh, a little bit about petition uh, first. And many of us end up resorting to petitioning God, to asking God to help us in times of crisis, don't we? You know, it's often the the first thing that we start doing when we're in a time of crisis, we turn to prayer. But actually, Jesus tells us to pray, give us today our daily bread. You know, it's a very familiar line. But let's remind ourselves this morning that we're called to ask on a daily basis, We're called to ask God for things on a daily basis, to ask him for what's on our hearts, to ask him for help, to ask him to speak to us, to ask him to help us listen, to ask him about the things that we don't understand, to ask for help, to ask for help in every way, the ways that we think we might need help and the ways that we may not think we need help, but God wants to help us anyway. And actually asking for God to intervene in the lives of others. It's just asking for help for other people, isn't it? God wants us to be askers. So question this morning, how good are you at asking? How good are you at asking God for things? Big things, small things, urgent things, less urgent things. Things that you think are really important and things that you think might be really trivial, but actually he invites you to ask him anyway. How good are you at asking for the small everyday things as well as the big crises? I mean, some of us clearly wonder, why do we need to ask God for the kind of stuff that we need? I think Jesus preempted that when he says in Matthew uh, 6, verse 8, he said, don't be like the pagans who babble. So just basically use lots and lots of words. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. I think Jesus is preempting the fact that we're going to think, well, what's the point of asking God if he knows what we need, if he knows me and he knows what I need and he knows what I need to make life work? Why ask him? Jesus says your father knows what you need, but he doesn't say, so don't bother asking him. He says, go into your room, shut the door and tell him what you need. Ask. So how good are you at asking? Hun, can I just have my water? Thanks. Here's a really interesting, there we are, modelling it. Lord, please, could I have some water? Oh, thank you. (laughs) Here's a really interesting verse hidden away in 2 Chronicles 16. In the 39th year of his reign, Asa was afflicted with a disease in his feet. Who knows what that was? Though his disease was severe... 
Even in his illness, he did not seek help from the Lord, but only from the physicians. It's an interesting kind of rebuke from whoever was writing Chronicles, that King Asa had a problem with his feet and he went to the doctor, but he didn't ask God for help. Really simple thing. But God, you know, has got it in his word that this king didn't ask him as well as going to the doctor. It's not going to the doctor's wrong, but he didn't ask God. He just relied on the resources that were out there to help him. I wonder if the same could be said of us, that we don't ask for the kind of things that we can either make happen ourselves or, ourselves, or we think our resources, you know, whether they're within me personally or within my hands or the resources that other people have or the situations that we find ourselves in that we think we can, you know, make things work. I wonder if we find ourselves not asking God but just going to, you know, the physician or the bank account or the friend or the whatever the people or the things that we're used to relying on. Paul says, Philippians 4, we're to pray about everything. What's excluded from that word everything? Nothing. We're to pray about everything. Why? Well, there's a number of good reasons. I'm not going to unpack them now. But the main one is that God is a God of relationship. And asking is part of relationship. Any of you here got children, you will know that children have no problem in asking for stuff, do they? Can I go to my friends? Can we have burgers for supper? Can we have sausages for tea? Can I stay up late? Can I watch this program? Can I have a new toy? Can I, you know, they just ask, don't they? Non-stop. Because it's part of relationship. It's part of the loving relationship between a parent and a child. And Jesus says that we need to become like little children to enter and to receive and to inherit the kingdom of God. And this is one of the ways that we need to become like little children. And he uses that word become. And he uses that word become deliberately, I think, because the world teaches us that we need to become independent and to rely on ourselves and not to rely on other people and not to rely on anybody. And so we end up not not naturally relying on God. So we have to become like little children. We have to learn how to become dependent on him. We have to learn to involve him in all the little things as well as all the really big things. We have to learn to become like little children. And little children do not have a problem in asking. You know, when my kids were were young, it wasn't just asking, it was like nagging. (laughs) It was nag, it was relentless. They had this amazing ability to get us to give in. So in the end, Jesus says, ask, 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 because that's what children do. And God wants the opportunity to be a father to us, not just to be a, you know, he doesn't want to be a distant deity in the sky who we see as kind of disinterested or he won't want to help with that or this is, you know, this is too unimportant for him. He says, ask, because he wants us to be, he wants to be a good father to us. And asking helps us to remember that we're dependent on him. If I turn to him with every need I have or every question I have or everything I want, if I, if I tell him about it first, it helps me to remember and to become more dependent on him. It helps me to involve him and to share my life with him. And it helps me to make room for him to do the things that only he can. A number of years ago, 
my daughter uh, was nine and, well, she was eight at the time and she was due to be a bridesmaid for my sister who was going to get married and then for various reasons didn't, called off the wedding with six weeks to go. And uh, my daughter was too young to feel sympathetic for her auntie. She was just devastated that she couldn't be a bridesmaid. And... uh, you know, nighttime, she would, she would cry most evenings. I wanted to be a bridesmaid. Mummy, please, can you make sure that I'm a bridesmaid? Please help me. And I, I ended up saying to her, darling, there's nothing I can do. I can't provide an opportunity for you to be a bridesmaid, but Jesus can. So, you know, let's ask him. Sitting there thinking, please, Lord, you've got to come through for me about this. And so... And so for a number of months, every evening, that was one of the little things that she prayed for. You know, dear Jesus, please, I'd love to be a bridesmaid. Please, could you fix it for me to be a bridesmaid? And then nobody else knew that she was praying this prayer. And then nine months later, a friend of ours who was on the the team here at church, Colin, many of you know him, uh, proposed to his, his girlfriend, Caroline. And they prayed about who to ask to be a bridesmaid. And they just felt that God was saying to Jesus was saying to them, we want you to have Becca as one of your bridesmaids. And so they came and they asked my little nine-year-old to be a bridesmaid. And wow, you know, there's a good father who heard the cry of her heart. You know, mum couldn't fix it, but Jesus could. Now, you know, some of us could say, what you know, there's world poverty. You know, why pray about things like that? Except that Paul says pray about everything everything let's get used to being people who are good at asking and if we trust God as a good father we can trust him to answer the prayer our prayers or not I didn't answer every you know request that my kids made but they trusted me with their requests and then you know they didn't sit there analyzing should I ask this should I not is you know mom and dad got the resources to make this happen or not you know they just asked and left it to us whether to answer or not you know, we can, we can leave it in God's hands whether we should be praying that kind of prayer or whether he's going to answer that prayer in that kind of way. He says, ask. How good are you at asking for money when you need money, for wisdom? For, you know, we're good at asking for health, I think, a lot of the time. How good are you at asking for direction? How good are you at asking for friends if you're lonely to experience his voice, to hear his voice more clearly? How good are you asking him to soften your heart if your heart is hard? How good are you asking him for more opportunities? How good are you asking him for just the little blessings that reveal his heart for you, the personal blessings? How good are you asking him for more hunger if you're not hungry enough for him? Again, one of my kids wasn't hungry for God. You know, and he it, it, it didn't have the hunger to read his Bible or anything when he was a teenager. So we just said, well, just ask God to make you hungry. And he prayed for a, you know, a year and a half. He's the most hungry of our four children for the heart of God for his life. Because he just asked God, okay, Lord, make me hungry. We're to ask for anything and everything. We're to take it to him first. Little caveat. Jesus says, give us today our daily bread, not our daily cake. You know, bread is the necessities of life. We're, de- we're to go to him with the necessities and, yes, for the, our desires for cake. But he doesn't promise to give us cake on a daily basis. He promises to give us bread on a daily basis. But he does give us cake. He does answer the prayer to be a bridesmaid. You know, so we're to pray about everything. Okay, 
asking for others. That's asking for ourselves, asking for others, intercession. Let me remind you again of Jesus' truth written through his brother's pen in James chapter 5, verse 16. He says this, The prayer of a righteous man, the righteous person, is powerful and effective. Who's a righteous person? Somebody who doesn't just believe in Jesus, but somebody who is walking with Jesus and seeking to follow him. Somebody who is after relationship with Jesus. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So he wants us to pray. Love that thing about superpowers. Well, one of the superpowers that we have, friends, is prayer. Do you believe that? It's a superpower and he wants us to use it. And it can be so easy. The enemy knows it's a superpower. So it can be so easy for us to end up thinking, oh, my prayers don't make a difference, particularly prayers for big things, you know, big things in my life, big things in someone else's life or big things in our, you know, our nation and our world. My prayers don't make a difference. Why do we end up thinking that? Because the enemy doesn't want us to use our superpower. And so we fall for the lie that, you know, my prayers aren't going to make a difference, so I end up not praying them. But Jesus wants us to use this weapon of prayer for others. So he tells us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's not a formula, it's a model, it's a principle. Pray God's will, pray God's heart for other people. I like to think of it a bit like concentric circles where, you know, I'm in the middle. It's not that I'm in the middle of my life, but when I think about, you know, these concentric circles, well, there's my heart and then there's my life and then there's the life of my family and the life of my friends. And then beyond that, there's the life of, you know, my workspace or my gym or my, you know, the local communities that I'm part of. And then there's the, the circle beyond that of our, our local community in Cheltenham. And then beyond that, there's our nation, isn't there? And then beyond that, there's our world. And God wants us to pick things or people in each of those circles to pray for, to pray his kingdom to come and his will be done. Because when we pray, things happen. Brother Andrew, many of, us, many of you know, we have a relationship with Open Doors. 1982, Brother Andrew declared a seven-year prayer campaign for the communist bloc. He wanted to target, Open Doors wanted to target specifically praying for the release of communist prisoners, uh, for tens of millions of Russian Orthodox Christians to uh, get Bibles because they didn't have them, and crucially for the fall of the Berlin Wall. Seven years declared in 1982. From 1987, large numbers of prisoners uh, that were in prison for their faith began to be released. There were 340 in prison in 1985, uh, five years later, can't do maths, there were only uh, 17 left in prison in March 1990. In 1998, so year six of this prayer campaign, President Gorbachev promised that Christians would be recognized by Soviet people and churches began to be reopened. Uh, that same year, postal regulations were changed, so thousands and thousands of New Testaments could be sent out all over the, uh, all over the Soviet Union. And you know what happened in 1989, the end of that seven-year period, the Berlin Wall fell down. There was also a church in Germany, in Leipzig, and uh, from 1982, the, the leader of that church, you can, you know, it's a well-documented fact, he began instituting a prayer meeting on a Monday evening every week, and it was called a peace prayer meeting, praying for peace and praying for reconciliation in Germany. And for five years, hardly anybody turned up to that prayer meeting, that weekly prayer meeting. And then things began to happen, and things began to hit the news about what was going on in this church, and by, by October uh, uh, 1989, 70,000 people gathered in the square outside the church to peacefully protest, and the following month, the Berlin Wall began to fall. 
And if you read the history books, the history books will tell you about the protests, the people, peaceful protests. Heaven looked at the prayers of the people and answered the prayers of the people around the world that were praying. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. This is my friend Sue. I want her just to share very briefly her story. Do you want to grab a mic? Just one of her stories of, of on a much, you know, not on a national level, but on a small personal level of the power of an effective person interceding for someone else. I don't know, just try speaking into Hello. it. <laughs> so this is Sue, and uh, I've known Sue for ages, and our boys have had some fun adventures together. But you had a particularly significant year when you were a teenager with regard to prayer. You saw some incredible answers to prayer. Um, you were going for it with the Lord, and you ended up praying something really significant that year. Tell us what you prayed, and tell us what it led to. Lovely. Um, so I was 17, and... Um Probably from when I was 16, I started to develop a, a real passion for prayer. And when I was 17, I um, was really, I loved prayer. Um, it wasn't a chore, it was something that came deep from my heart. And um, I used to pray, Lord, any time you need me to pray for someone or for something, or um, that I need to be active in prayer, just help me to hear you. And even if, it's, even if it's the middle of the night, will you wake me up and let me know what you want me to pray? So um, on this particular day, I um, had gone up to London for the day and I was so tired when I got home. I had to train at home from London and I was so tired I thought, oh, I'm going to bed early. So I went to bed at 10 and fell into a really deep sleep. And just before half past 11, I woke up um, very awake suddenly. And because it was so unusual, and the house was quiet, it was dark, but I was suddenly awake. And because I'd prayed this prayer before, I said, Lord, is this you? Have you woken me up? I'll just start praying. I didn't know what to pray for, so I just started praying. And um, as I was praying, I got, um, uh, I saw a picture, and I wasn't a person that had pictures, but I saw a picture of the back of a man on a motorbike, so I just started praying, Lord, you know, just protect him. I don't know who he is. And I, I just prayed and prayed about that. And then while I was praying, I felt a real pressure in my head. And um, I felt a real urgency that there was going to be a crash. So I, I started praying, Lord, protect him, protect him. And, and with this pain in my head, I said, Lord, protect his head, protect his head. I don't know who he is. And I probably prayed for about half an hour. Um, and at the end of it, I, because I was 17, I did know some chaps that, that were friends that had bikes. And I said, Lord, do I know this person? Um, is it a friend of mine? And very clearly, he said, it's your husband. So... Um, Who you didn't I, know at the time. I had no idea. I wasn't dating anyone. And um, so I thought, what do I do with that? So I thought, I'm not going to write it down and question every boyfriend in the future on the day. <laughs> so um, I just remembered, well, I'm 17 years old and it, it's half past 11 at night. And one day I'll ask my husband, did you have a crash? So six years later, I met Simon and um, loved him very, very quickly. And actually three, three weeks into our uh, dating, he said... I think we'll get married. And at that point, my heart was beating. I thought, you know, do I ask him? I hadn't asked anybody. And um, I really wanted to marry him. So I said, can I just ask, have you ever had a motorbike? And um, 
He said, oh, yes, 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 I've, I've you know, ridden lots of motorbikes. Have you ever had a crash? Yes, I've had loads of crashes. Have you ever had a really bad crash? And he said, do you know, I had a really bad crash once. And, uh, and uh, he said, I'd been to a pub, so he was a bit rebellious at the time, rebellious teenager. He said, I was, I'd been to the pub with a friend and we were completely hammered. We left the pub completely drunk, but the friend that I was with was a, a motorbike chap and um and he had a 250 racing bike so he got on the bike and said to Sai come pillion so Sai got on the back and they tore down the road at in a, it was a country lane um with pavements but in a, a remote rural area and tore down the lane at 70 miles an hour drunk and um, he said it was absolutely terrible because he, they had just laid new kerb and the, but the front wheel clipped the kerb as we shot down this lane. We flew off the bike. The bike flew 50 yards up the road. And uh, he said it was absolutely terrifying. And at that moment, I thought, I'm going to die. And, um, and uh, he said it was absolutely terrible. He said, I, my skin was worn down to my bones. And... Um, he said, but the most bizarre thing was my helmet flew off and my head wasn't injured. He said, as I, as I sat up from the ground, I felt my head to see what damage would have happened. And it wasn't. The ambulance came. They, they went to hospital. And um, by then, my heart's really beating. And I said, um, do you remember what time your accident was? <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, he said, yeah, well, p last call was at 11, so it was probably around half past 11. Wow. And I'm 17, and Simon is a year... Oh, no, I was 17. Simon's a year older than me. And I said, how old were you when the crash happened? And he said, 18. So, God's Thank good. You. Do you want to put it back? Thank you. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And that's a beautiful, beautiful story of interceding, give, making, some, making herself see, making herself available to God, saying, I'll pray for whoever you put on my heart, and actually having the privilege in this scenario to find out you know, that your power was prayerful and effective. Friends, we have been given this incredible privilege of partnering with God. There's a whole, God has limited his activity in this world to partnership with us. And the primary way that we partner with him is through prayer. Yes, we need to, to work. Yes, we need to serve. Yes, we need to live. Yes, we need to use our gifts. Yes, we need to protest peacefully in a square in Leipzig. But we need to pray. And we could spend so much more time and energy into putting our effort into doing things rather than using our superpower. And it's both. You know, there's so many stories in the Bible. I haven't got time to go into them. Moses, Abraham, you know, Jesus, the parables that he told about what happens when God's people pray. But let me finish with this. Let me remind us, God loves to answer prayer. There are so many verses in the New Testament about pray. Jesus uses the word ask in relation to prayer more than any other word. And he says, you know, ask and it will be given to you. Ask and you will receive. Ask, 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 ask. And when I'm cooking at home and the bacon starts smelling, my boys end up coming into the kitchen, you know, hovering and drooling around the pan. Revelation talks about the smell that arises from the prayers of the saints, of God's people. And I think it, those prayers, you know, that incense make, makes God drool. And it draws him. 
And he wants to act and he wants to respond. Proverbs 5, 15, 8 says, The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright, of those who are following, of those who are walking with him, of those who are, who are his children, those prayers are his delight. So yes, we've got all kinds of questions, I know that. We've got all kinds of assumptions. We've got work to do, friends, on those areas. But let's remember this morning that God delights to answer the prayers of his children prayed in faith. We've got this privilege of praying for ourselves and for others. Are we using it? God is the kind of God, the Christian God, the Father in heaven, is the kind of God who who delights more in meeting needs than making demands. Is that what you believe about him? That he delights more in meeting our needs and responding to our prayers than making demands of us. I think sometimes we live as if he's a God who makes demands and sometimes will meet our needs. It's the other way around. So I want to encourage you, read the chapters in the book. (laughs) Ask, ask, and keep asking for yourself and for other people. And we will see, the more we ask, we will see God move in ever-increasingly powerful ways. Why don't we stand?